said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray, along with his co-host, Linda Crater. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray with his co-host, Linda Crater. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Today is September 2nd, 2014. I'm your host, Gary Ray. My co-host, Linda, had an important meeting she had to attend, but she will be back next week. We also have Jim Klug. He's filling in for Bill this morning. He's the National Historian for the Military Order of the Purple Heart. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Gary. I'm doing fine. All right. How was your Labor Day weekend? Well, it was, I'm sure everybody will say the same thing as they're all around the uh, drinking fountain. It was too short, but it was well-deserved and well-appreciated. Four days. <laughs> everybody <laughs> took off Friday. That was a four-day holiday. <laughs> not there short enough, not long enough, huh? <laughs> there, there you Unbelievable. go. Um, I, I think we're starting to all get into that uh, Congress or Senate vacations. But there anyway, I love it. <laughs> anyway uh, let me introduce our first guest. Peter Forbes. He's the national commander and Australian commander for the uh, veterans of the Vietnam War, Inc., and the Veterans Coalition. Peter served with the Australian Army uh, in the Republic of South Vietnam with the 3rd Battalion, Royal Australian Regiment, called Old Faithful. On their second tour during the 1971, he was a combat medic with uh, Charlie Company and the 7th Platoon. During the mid-80s, he was searching for a veterans organization that had the same direction as he, which is he uh, believed in the welfare of veterans and their families and to embrace the brotherhood of all veterans. In other words, people who care. In 1989, he decided to become involved with the Veterans of the Vietnam War, Inc., a dedicated veterans brotherhood organization. Their motto, guess what it was? people who care. Today his credentials speak for themselves. He's the national commander and the Australian commander for the veterans of the Vietnam War, Inc. and the Veterans Coalition. President from the Veterans Fund of the United States and the Veterans Day National Committee. Good morning, sir. Good, good, good morning. How are you, Gary? Good morning, Peter. Good, good morning, good. Peter. Uh, all right. Now, P- Peter, why don't we start and tell us a little bit about the, uh, the organizations? Well, the organization is a veteran service organization, and, you know, it, it, it's um, um, approved by the Department of Veterans Affairs, and it does all the things that other veteran service organizations do. However, it has one thing that it does very differently, and that is it builds and operates transitional homes for veterans in need. So we spend a great deal of our money and our time on, on volunteers building 
these homes for veterans so that they can come in and get a second chance or a third chance on a life to come back, get through their alcoholism or their drug addiction or help them with PTSD or just that they're lost and they need that uh, sense of family, that sense of uh, coming back and being with other veterans. And that has a tendency then to help them through. And during their two-year stay with us, um, you know, we train them in life skills and trade skills and, and things like that. But, you know, we say two years, but two years is what the VA gives you to transition veterans. We have veterans in our beacon houses for 10, 15 years. Wow, because, wow. Well, wow. Some, some veterans will never transition. <clears throat> they need that structured living. You know, uh, I remember veterans, and I only spoke to a couple of them just the other day in Australia, they've never worked. They've had a carer ever since they came back from Vietnam. So they, they haven't had a life like we know it. And somebody has to look after those people. That's, that's Boy, that's true. beautiful. That is, that's beautiful, Peter. So, yes. Well, we house wow. 450 homeless veterans a day. And it, it, it is a tough job. And, uh, you know, we need to do more. You've got 250,000 homeless veterans in America, the richest country in the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know wow. how, yeah. how we live with that. Yes. Well, how many beacon houses Four. are there? Uh, 27. 27. Wow. My goodness. And, Peter, and you said, this is... Uh, yeah, this is amazing, Peter. I just am uh, so um, pleased to hear what's happening. Uh, the private sector has to be there, and uh, I think many times uh, the veterans community only looks to the VA and uh, is challenged as the VA is and uh, has been. There still has to be, uh, even if it was 100% successful, yeah, most veterans are not going to go there because of their uh you know, they're in bred fear of, of just going to the veterans uh, of government, uh, mm-hmm. you know, facilities for care. Yeah. And so yeah. here you're providing something that is from the heart and yeah. uh, from the soul of veterans to veterans. And that's, I'm, yeah. just, uh, I'm just amazed to hear it. Well, the situation is the VA doesn't have transitional homes. They don't run them. They rely on people like, and, and groups like us to do it. But every time you talk, and I know, Gary, you've spoken to people that have dealt with the VA and have been part of this system. And in 27 uh, 27 United Veterans Beacon Houses, only two of them are supported by the VA. Wow. Because every time you get involved with the VA, you've you've got bureaucratic indifference that just continues... Mm -hmm. To destroy you. Mm-hmm. So now the v, the VA pays per diem, correct? They they pay per diem, and the only the, the two in South Dakota they are supposed to pay per diem on that because they're for Native American veterans. And people say, "Well, why are you dealing with just Native American veterans?" We're not. We deal with veterans all over the country. However, the most underserviced veterans in the United States are Native American veterans. 
65% of, vet, of Native Americans are veterans. Now, that's much more than the, the, the average population, but they're the most underserviced. So the VA oh. and the tribe came along and said, can you build uh, transitional homes for our people, for our veterans in South Dakota? Yes, we can. But then we have the VA putting roadblocks in front of you every time. You know, you, they approved the plans. They did the, the due diligence, as they say. They, they approved it all. You then go and construct it, and they come along after you've finished putting up all the walls and say, oh, that's not right. You've got to change it. So then your volunteers have got to rip it down again and start again but they're supposed to have a liaison with us all the time so that these things don't happen. Wow. You know, uh, there has to be a commitment, and, and we all make commitments. You know, when we, when we take a grant from the VA, we make a commitment that we're going to live up to that commitment and complete the project. But the VA also has a commitment to live up to their part of the contract. And that's, that's yeah. never what happens. My goodness, my goodness. Peter, we need to, we need to really uh, come to uh, your side here as a, as a, as a military community mm -hmm. and reach out because not only the Vietnam veterans, but certainly those that are returning now from Iraq, Afghanistan, that's an entirely, completely different than maybe this immediate focus. However, this is something that the veterans community is going to be facing and the VA is going to be facing. And unless this is solved here and now and addressed, it's going to continue to only exacerbate and uh, become a worse and worse situation. And we need to come together. Well, yeah. Well, you say Afghanistan and Iraq and Gulf War, and you can go through the, the list. But we, yes. we've got veterans. Our, our oldest is 93, right? Wow. Our youngest is 26. So That's unbelievable. Your 26-year-old is already Afghan or Iraqi veteran. You know, and, and we have different houses for different reasons. You know, we have a, a town, in, a, a beacon house in Levittown for senior veterans. The youngest one is 75, and the oldest one is 93, and they help each other. But, you know, That's at that age, they don't have the ability to continue their drinking, drugging, uh, and those sorts of programs. So you've got yeah. a different set of rules there than you would have in a, uh, a vibrant uh, beacon house where you've got younger veterans. But we have You're veterans about from us. World War Two all the way through. Huh. Wow. Peter, that's they, a 67 year span difference between the youngest to the oldest at 93 yes. to. Yep. That's amazing. Yes. And we've, we've had uh, Iraqi vets that have come into our, our Beacon House and have ended up dying of cancer. And our people, have, have, our, our residents have actually come to the party and, and looked after uh, a veteran called Brian who was going through cancer and eventually died. Um, you know, he died in the hospital, but within the last couple of days, he was looked after. He's, he was fed, he was bathed, he was, everything was done by the Beacon House because that's the brotherhood. Yeah. And brotherhood <clears throat> doesn't mean just males. 
You know, we've, you know, we've got two beacon houses out in South Dakota, one for female Native American veterans with or without children and one for male veterans, Native American veterans, and, and they're both farm-based programs. You know, we have heavy equipment to teach them to get their CDL licenses, to teach them how to run bulldozers, caterpillars, you, you name it. You know, we've got gardens, chickens, cows. I mean, it's cost the VVNW and the Veterans Coalition $1.16 million. Wow. And well, then, you know, yep. if you can hold that thought, Peter, uh, yep. we're going to take a quick break. Yep. And today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. Be sure to check out our local partners page to see local businesses that support our veteran communities. Just be sure to support them back. I'm Gary Ray, along with Jim and Peter. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, uh, Commander Peter Forbes. And uh, Peter, why don't you tell us uh, what our listeners can do to help support these beacon homes? Uh, it, it, I mean, it sounds like you're covering all the eras in, in these beacon homes, which I run across some out there that, hey, if, if you're in a certain, uh, you know, in the war of a certain era, you weren't allowed to use those, uh, which is kind of ridiculous, but uh, that's sometimes the way it goes. Um, I, but let us know how, how our, our listeners can help. Well, first of all, we take veterans from all wars, it doesn't matter where you, mm-hmm. you know, where you serve. That, you, know, you put the uniform on, you took the chance, and uh, whether you served in country, out of country, you, it doesn't matter. You know? But the situation is there's two people in South Dakota that have never replied to over 100 letters, and that's Christy Noam, 
who's a representative for the South Dakota area, and Senator John Thune. Now, we've called their offices. We've sent them over 100 letters. We've sent them emails. We've sent them faxes. And not once have they ever replied. So if, if people can write to those people, whether it's in Washington, D.C., or their home, um, home office in, in South Dakota, that's the best way. Or write to the new secretary, Bob McDonald, uh, of the VA. And people have said to us, well, why haven't you gone to the, the, the VA uh, Inspector General? Well, we have. And the Inspector General is just as corrupt and if not influenced by the VA. Because only a week before the 40 uh, veterans that died came to fruition, the VA Inspector General came back with a letter to say he had no resources to investigate this situation with the beacon houses in South Dakota. And only a week later, he had enough resources to investigate 26 VA hospitals. Mm. So, you know, there's got to be something wrong with that system. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, we did a protest down in uh, Washington, D.C. just here last week. And uh, everybody was told by the VA that it was their job if they went out and spoke with us. We're a stakeholder with the Department of Veterans Affairs. We do their job. You know, VA only funds about, I think, somewhere between twenty and 30,000 beds a day. Isn't there something wrong with the maths? between 20 and 30,000 a day and 250,000 a day. Where does the oh, other wow. where does the others come from? Right. So That's... you've got 27 beacon houses and you know 25 of them and they're not supported by the VA, they're supported by private, you know, uh, private organizations like ours and run by ours by volunteers. And then you've got two that are in South Dakota for Native American veterans. And the tribe says to us when we start, you know the VA will never let this open. And now we get to the point we're ready to open and the VA won't let us open. Oh, my gosh. That's unbelievable. There's something wrong. You know, they, they sent an inspection team in from South Dakota and the people from South Dakota were very, very happy with the project. So then they took it away from South Dakota when this new Jeffrey Quiles came into Tampa, into the Grant Padian program, and then gave it to North Dakota. Now, we're not in North Dakota. So then they sent people four hours from North Dakota to do an inspection. What, what the, the people we call the Gang of Eight. They told us one thing to all five of us, and then they told us this should be the model for all transitional homes in America. One guy said, this is too good for veterans. What? Oh my gosh. And we always say to our volunteers, if you won't put it in your house, don't put it in a veteran's home. So, wow, that's... yes, our, our beacon houses are a home. They're the veteran's home for the next two to 15 years. 
So why shouldn't it be comfortable? They've That's risked true. their lives for the country. They've sacrificed Absolutely. and they've earned the right. So yes. what's the problem? You know, where is the problem? The VA. Wow. You know, Peter, last time we talked, yeah. uh, uh, you had a situation going up uh, in your neighborhood, more or less, mm -hmm. about um, uh, you purchased uh, a restaurant, yep. well, a building that mm -hmm. uh, was going to teach the culinary arts yep. uh, exactly. and get yep. these people, you know, with a career. And, and, and it seems like uh, the, the town didn't want you there. Yes. And, uh, and uh, we, you know, people say to us, why don't you have a facility locally in Pennsylvania? Well, there's, a, there's an area here, um, the Wyoming Valley, and they say it's the Wyoming Valley, that city with a, the valley with a heart. It doesn't. We've been to five different locations in this valley, and each time we've been told we don't want veterans here. That's bad. Even, even huh. like the Pittston Township, said straight out, we do not want veterans in, in our town. And then we had a Catholic church that was going to give us a school and two rectories and uh, so on. And the town, the, the city of Pittston in Pennsylvania said, don't even put in an application. It'll be refused. We don't want veterans in our town. What's wrong with us? You they know, wanted to stick you in an industry, uh, rather industrial parks, right? Yes, they want us to put us in an industrial <laughs> park. And, and, you know, even every doctor that I talk to, every psychiatrist I talk to that work with veterans, says this would be the worst thing you could do. You know, it's going to create such problems within the psyche of the veteran. Yes. You know, everybody at 5 o'clock at night leaves the industrial park. So what have, you, what have you got these people, you know, locked up in an industrial park? There's nothing wrong with veterans. We're just better than everybody else. Right. We've made the commitment to look after the country and to keep our freedoms. I just don't understand. I don't understand the attitude. No, not at all. Yeah, and yeah. you know, I and, it, and it's been a a very bitter fight, and you know, we did everything that we could, and, and in fact, uh, one of the banks here gave us the money to, and then the day before it was to close, they pulled the the uh, funding because there was some one of these inside political things that happened, and the bank pulled the money. So, but, but Gary, Jim, the thing is that we're going to keep going. Right. You know, and, but we need help to build more beacon houses for homeless veterans and veterans in need because there is another war coming. Whether we like it, whether we stick our head in the sand, uh, you know, this, the world can't keep on this, this um, dramatic burn. Yeah, everything's going wrong, you know, and we can't just keep letting it happen. So we're going to create more veterans, and we can't look after the veterans we've got. That's true. 
So, you know, you know we need help, you know. Uh, you know, volunteers build our beacon houses. And if you don't know anything, we'll teach you. Huh. That's right. Well, can't, Peter can't get better than that. And certainly we look at George Washington's uh, statement, the willingness by which uh, our young people are likely to serve, you know, is how we treat our veterans today. Yep. And certainly that's exactly, uh, I'm sure, uh, if George Washington hadn't said it, said it uh, you know, nearly 300 years ago, you would mm. be saying it today. And uh, I'm proud of what you're doing, uh, Peter. You're doing what each and every one of us should be doing, veteran or citizen. We all should be doing exactly what uh, you're saying. And uh, let me say one thing, Gary. I, you know, I'm, I'm an Australian veteran. You know, I came here. I worked here in this country, worked all over the world. But, you know, since I've come here and the biggest discriminator against Australians is the VA. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. You know, I, I hear Jim talk about working with, with uh, Australian veterans um, in uh, Vietnam. I hear uh, people come up to me all the time and say, oh, I worked with them in Somalia, or I worked with them in you know, all over the you know, Guadalcanal, I worked them in the Pacific, I worked in, everywhere. But when you go to the VA here and you're an Australian, you're treated like you're second class. Hmm. And that shouldn't be the case. No, it shouldn't. It, it's the same. I'm doing the, the job because I, that was what I was elected to do. Yeah. You know? But right. somewhere along the line, the VA has to communicate. And, Definitely. you know, we've sent... Uh, you know, the secretary over a hundred letters, a telegram, emails. Surely there is somebody that can respond and actually talk to us. That's Peter. Now, tell me, as far as the you were talking uh, earlier about uh, the the one of the Beacon homes in South Dakota. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, it's ninety nine percent done, and yep. uh, the funding the funding disappeared. Yes, they've they've stopped. The grant and podium. Okay, who gets so, this house? Who gets this house? Uh, I mean, because it was funded before through who? The, v, the VA. Yes, oh, we, okay. they only they only uh, uh, fund a portion of it. Okay. Everything else is funded by the organisation. Okay. So they they and then they they supply per diem. Mm-hmm. Now, if if you know Native Americans, Native Americans, they've got eighty percent. Unemployment, in all, you know, in every uh, area, um, you know, Native American area in, in the U.S. So, you know, they don't have funds, and and you know, their their cases have been always been um, rejected. Um, we've already been into that situation where we've gone out and done uh, claims for them, um, but vet, you know. Uh, Native American veterans can't afford the per diem to stay in the Beacon House. That's why the VA put up per diem for these two Beacon Houses for Native American veterans. And not right. the house doesn't have to have all Native American veterans in it. Mm-hmm. It can have right. any veterans in it, as long as it has some Native American veterans in it. Wow. 
You know, and we're, we're looking for a house manager at the moment for that Beacon House. Mm-hmm. And if anybody is, is interested, please check out bfus.us. All right. Veterans you know, Fund the United States. All right. Now, again, our, that half hour went kind of quick, didn't it? Yep, that's fine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Commander Forbes, we want to thank you for being on our show today. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? I think we, we've all got to think about veterans and what they've sacrificed, and we've got to look after them. We can't just keep turning our back on them. You know, we've got to look after our veterans, and we're making more veterans every day. So, you know, we're a major part of the population, and we need to look after them. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Gary. Definitely. You can now learn more about the American Heroes Network loyalty brands, American Heroes Water and American Heroes Apparel by going to AmericanHeroWater.com. To stay updated from your phone, text the word HERO, H-E-R-O, to 80464, or scan the QR code off a bottle, or scan the QR code off the website or mobile site. When we come back, we'll be with Tom Voss from Veteran Trek. I'm Gary Ray, along with Jim. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America and the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. Hey, Jim. Uh, uh, Peter was quite passionate, wasn't he? 
Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I don't think there's, uh, I think he said uh, uh, the poll exactly at our eye level for each and every American and each and every veteran, nothing less than his passion should be exhibited by every one of us. And uh, I know some of us have different experiences with the VA, but certainly all of us should have the same passion as Peter does. And uh, I certainly have been renewed by that, and I commit myself to that effort. Right. That's true. Well, we're yep. back into the second half hour, and uh, Jim, why don't you go ahead and introduce our second guest? Well, uh, talk about passion. Uh, Tom Voss, Veterans Trek, uh, he's been with us before, and I'll tell you what, uh, he's another inspiration. He's the kind of veteran that we all are so thankful of. Peter is uh, president and co-founder of, uh, of Veterans Trek Incorporated. Tom served on active duty in the United States Army for three years from 2003 to 2006. While in Iraq, Tom was proud to participate in hundreds of combat missions, convoys and security patrols, raids and area clearance operations, and humanitarian relief operations, including providing security for the first domestic elections in in Iraq since the invasion. And that's significant. After separating from the Army, Tom studied at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, and of course that's uh, UWM, from 2009 to 2012. His focus was social work with veterans as his priority population. Then in May 2013, Tom teamed up with Anthony Anderson to create Veterans Trek Incorporated. Tom and Anthony developed and organized and executed a 2,700-mile trek from Milwaukee, Wisconsin to Los Angeles. Boy, don't you know that must have been something. While trekking across the country, Tom and Anthony fostered community awareness on veterans' issues through formal media outlets, conducted peer-to-peer support for veterans and their families in all seven states. In addition to that, if that's not enough, they raised over $100,000. So we are so proud to have Tom back here with us again. And, Tom, welcome to American Heroes Network again. Welcome, and, Tom. Uh, again. Yes. All right. Well, Tom, you know, I think uh, everybody's aware that I think we followed you almost six months. And we every week we had, a, you know, a 15-minute interview, um, uh, you know, on that trek. And uh, that, w- that was something else. And, and, of course, to have to know it's, it was filmed and uh, that film's going to be coming out uh, uh, in the next handful of months. And, um, you know, to, just to have you on the show, uh, you know, uh, on a weekly basis was something else. Um, but what kind of experience did you and Anthony learn? What's the main thing you learned from the walk? Well, my main takeaway was that uh, you really need to take the time to assess um, yourself and then your, your situation. And that's one of the, the main reasons why we did it was because, um, myself had a deployment, so I deployed from 2004 to 2005 to, uh, Mosul, Iraq. Anthony, uh, did two deployments, um, you know, in his military career, and we never really took the time to, uh, decompress or really kind of, um, you know, uh, assess what, you know, what we went through. So we came home and we, um, you know, got full-time jobs, went to school, you know, did all these things and, and really never, you know, ad- addressed the traumas of war. And uh, really, just kind of pushed them aside. So that was really what really spurred 
um, that. So it's it's really important to be to be honest with yourself and really um, you know identify like what what's going on in my life right now. What what can I do to make it better? What steps do I need to take to get there? And um, it's a hard thing to do. I mean, it took me you know ten years to get to that point of you know. Uh, cycles of being okay and crashing and burning and, and doing all these other things um, before I, I realized that, hey, I need to do something to get my life on track. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to end up like so many Vietnam veterans who, who, who really mentored Anthony and myself who told us. And they didn't tell us this as, um, you know, direction for us to do this, but, you know, they're just in, in conversation saying that their families didn't talk to them anymore, but they didn't have contact with their kids. Or, you know, and it just sounded like something that, you know, we needed to do something now, take some action now, otherwise, you know, we could be in the same boat, um, you know, because we didn't address these things early enough. That's true. That's very true. Boy, boy I'll tell you, the, you're, you're speaking to the uh, part of the choir because, of course, uh, uh, Gary and myself, Vietnam veterans, and uh, mm-hmm. I, too, uh, did two, um, you know, uh, tours in Vietnam infantry and... Uh, and uh, then as a battalion chaplain's assistant, and I thought that would be easy. But 46 years later, 46 years later, here we are, Tom, and uh, still every night uh, I still deal with it. And so you yeah, had to take stock of what happened and how it happened and how to deal with it. Absolutely right. important, and I celebrate what you're doing. Thank you very much. And, and it's like I said before, it's not an easy thing to do. No one likes, um, you know, looking at their, their faults or looking at, you know, things that, you know, they m- may have um, messed up in their lives. But it's the only way that you can really um, take a hold of it and, you know, you know, fix it and take the steps in the right direction. And it's not going to be an easy fix. You know, I'm still, I'm still dealing with things that, um, you know, I deal with on a daily basis, just like I'm sure, you know, the, a lot of veterans are doing. But um, taking the step in the right direction to um, get your life on track is, is really important. Right. Yeah. You know, um, you met some well. you met some wonderful people on that trek also. People that allow you know, let you stay in their home, have a gave you a hot meal, place to take a shower. Um, not only individuals but organizations also. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Just a quick review on that. Sure. Um one of my one of my uh, favorite stories, um I guess I could say from the from the trip is um when we got to Arizona, um we had an Afghanistan veteran that uh, really um, with the extra mile to, to take care of us. And, you know, it was one of those brothers in arms thing. He's like, I'm not going to let you guys stay out in, uh-huh. you know, in the desert. You know, you can stay at my house. And one of the most amazing uh-huh. things happened while we were um, staying with him, and that was that he got word that there was a uh, Korean War veteran that went missing. Now, he didn't know uh, this, this veteran at all, but what he did was he went to uh, the house, of, of the of the woman who reported him missing, which was his wife, and uh, the police said they weren't going to do anything because they had to wait 24 hours to file a missing persons report. So, um, and we all know that you know if you're if you're in the desert, you know, for 24 hours and you're in your you know late late ages, it's, it's not a good chance of survival. So hmm. he went he went and uh, went came back home. He didn't even say anything to us about what was going on. We just knew something was up. And he went on Facebook and made a flyer and started sending it out to all his veteran friends, letting them know that, you know, this veteran is missing. And, um, and uh, he, he just had, you know, he had this drive to, to just help 
you know, another veteran that he didn't even know, and they ended up, you know, finding him and talking to him, and then he even went the extra step to say, you know, what do you need? What can I do for you to help um, get you to where you need to be? And he's like, you know, the, the, the one of the issues was was that he kept having issues with the VA and he couldn't get medication right, and all this all this stuff kind of piled up on him, and he just kind of wanted to throw in the towel. So um, this vet that we stayed with, you know, really went the extra mile to make sure. And he even offered to, uh, you know, he's like, oh, next time you go to the VA, I'll go with you and we'll get it squared away. So um, just Beautiful. just stuff like that, um, you know, was amazing to, to just, just be a part of. You know, that brings up something uh, that I, that I um, remember when um, I think it was Anthony uh, somehow cut his foot. Is that right? Yeah, he had a, uh, a pretty wicked blister. I mean, it might as well have been a cut. <laughs> it was pretty deep. Did you go to a regular doctor's office or did you go through a VA? Uh, we actually went through a VA in, in Iowa. So um, we, we actually were, were staying with a couple and Anthony, um, you know, his foot was bothering him. And actually, I think his shin uh, had some shin splint stuff going on. And uh, we actually ended up having to take him in, um, you know, and we really didn't you know, want to, he didn't want to fit or anything. Um, and this was after, after he blew up his shoes, right? <laughs> yeah, that's after, after he blew up his shoes. Um, I, I remember that. But, that was yeah. <laughs> but he ended up going in there and, and getting uh, phenomenal service. Um, and uh, they really took care of him. They gave him uh, like a TENS unit, which is like, you know, pulses electricity through uh, your muscles. And I mean, they really, they really, uh, uh, helped him out, and it's it's, it's such a dra- drastic contrast to um, you know VAs that we're used to. You know, it would take him you know years to get a tens unit at, at VAs that we've been to before. So it just shows you the, one of the issues that um, yeah we came across is there's no consistency with care um, throughout the VA system. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's uh, Tom. I think that's something that's. Uh, understood out there. There are some uh, facilities and some directors of those facilities that are really online and uh, for somehow, uh, for some reason, are reaching out and doing the job that's necessary. And then there's some others that are under some challenges. And, and of course, that just then comes back down to each one of the veterans, you know, their, their takeaway from their uh, outreach to the facilities. And you know, so I, uh, I again, I, I just think that it's such an important effort, and uh, and I am so proud of what you're doing, Tom, and you and Anthony. I mean, you're bringing attention to something that can't be ignored in our community, yeah. and I'm so proud of that. Yeah, I agree. And one of the things that you know, just to touch on on what you were you were just saying, uh, one of the things that we really believe is that it does take a community to this issue. And, um, I mean, yeah. we really can't, we're seeing what's happening when, you know, that is left to the government to take care of this issue and it's not getting done. Um, it's, it can't be the states, the states can't take care of it either. It has to be at a community level. It has to be a community coming together to support the men and women who left from their community to go uh, fight in these wars. So it's, it's, it's very important that um, we get... Uh, community members educated on what's going on with these, you know, veterans when they return, so they can provide uh, outlets of support and, um, you know, e- even not pain. You know, this veteran needs a job. Can I find a job or know anyone that can find a job for him? You know, stuff like that. That's what we need going on right now, and there's there's not enough of it. 
That's true. That's true. Uh-huh. We're, we're going to take a real short break. Once again, I'd like to welcome warriorsforfreedom.org as one of our network resources that are showing their support for American Heroes Network and our loyalty brands. Welcome aboard, Brett and Major Ed. I'm Gary Ray, along with Jim and our guest, Tom. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Tom Voss from, do I need to say, Veteran Trek? <laughs> All right. And, uh, Jim, you had a question that you wanted to start well, off with. Yes, Tom, uh, we, we talk about the, uh, the event of the 2,700-mile uh, journey uh, from East Coast uh, to West Coast. Um, and you mentioned the movie. What's the timeline on that? And and maybe as another follow-up, how do we, each and every citizen, each and every veteran, how do we interact with you and how do we come to the aid of this effort that you're leading out on? Sure. Uh, the the film, um, uh, for, for the people that don't know, um, while, while we uh, trekked from Milwaukee to Los Angeles, we had a documentary crew following us. And um, they they decided that it was a, it was a good uh, story uh, to really kind of form around what's going on in the veterans community right now. So we're really focused on uh, what veterans are facing when they come home, uh, veteran suicide, veteran homelessness, uh, substance abuse, um, all the all these things that are facing veterans when they come home. But they really want to put a positive spin on it because you know there is there is hope 
uh, for veterans. There are great programs out there uh, for veterans. And uh, one of the uh, uh, programs that I went through twice is uh, a group called Project Welcome Home Troops. And their website is projectwelcomehometroops.org. And they teach uh, stress relief and anxiety uh, relieving breathing techniques. So uh, they put on a five-day uh, breathing course, um, and we teamed up with them. Veterans Trek did uh, actually a, a few weeks ago and had a real successful course. We had around uh, 13, 14 veterans that, that graduated from the course. And uh, these, are, these are all over the country. Um, so it's one way that people can um, get involved and help out is looking for courses like these, um, and they have them all listed on their, on their website when the next courses are coming out. And, um, you know, maybe telling someone, a family member or uh, a veteran who is struggling, uh, that they're available. It's free. It's free for veterans and it's free for their family. Um, that's the uh, one of the best parts that I think about it is because they're offering it to family members who, you know, suffer right along with the veterans and go through, um, you know, some of, the, some of the struggles as well. So, uh the program is great. I, I highly recommend it. And, um, you know, if, if everyone can find some good programs with some good, re- you know, references and, and start sharing them amongst themselves, um, you know, it's our, it's our job to support these programs that are working. Beautiful. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. Now, I, I remember I get into this documentary, um, uh, well, a handful of months ago, uh, there was a Kickstarter, and you were asking for seventy thousand. Um, yep. And I'll tell you, uh, you still had time left over. Once you hit that, you went for the yeah. gold. <laughs> went for the gold, and what'd you what'd you actually end up with? Uh, we actually ended up raising uh, a little over a hundred thousand dollars for that. So okay. again, you know, I guess we're we're, we're getting pretty good at fundraising a hundred thousand dollars because uh, yes. yeah, it's the second time, and we uh, you know our goal was seventy, and uh, we ended up getting a hundred, which is which is uh, amazing um, to do that, you know, in succession <coughs> from with our uh, with our track. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Uh, are they starting another one uh, to you know still pay for the editing? Um, what they're doing is they're, they're doing a little more uh, grant work. So um, the idea, this is not just going to be a documentary film. This is going to be a, um, a campaign, I guess you could say. So um, they've just recently uh, teamed up with a, a group called Stop Soldier Suicide. And uh, I'm not really sure on the website, but I'm sure you could just Google it and find them. But they're, um, you know, they're, they're a crisis group that, you know, is there for the, the front lines of, of um, stopping veteran suicide. So that's really um, one, of the, one of the aspects of the campaign is that we're really going to try to tackle the uh, veteran suicide issue. We're really going to try to kind of find ways um, to get these numbers down, to create networks and, of support. Uh, for family members, for veterans, to really, um, you know, move this forward. So it's not it's not just about the documentary. I mean, we really want to um, have an ongoing campaign after it comes out to really, um, you know, try to fix this issue. It's it's not just going to be a, a one and done. Um, check out what we did, but we really want um, to get people involved. That's true. Make it so, yes, Tom. So very important. Um, 
you're you're hitting upon the very issues, and certainly uh, you've got to start with life. And uh, we've lost more Vietnam veterans to suicide than we uh, lost in the entire ten plus years uh, during uh, the the battle there in Vietnam. And uh, we don't want to repeat that. And we've already got a bad uh, number of individuals, uh, a total number of individuals uh, from Iraq, Afghanistan, that are deciding to go that same route. And that's unacceptable as a nation as great as ours to allow that to happen and uh, that's part of that outreach that I'm so again thankful that you're addressing forthrightly and talking about all the things and from a different angle we can have different solutions coming from different uh, places and you're adding to it and I thank you again for that Tom thank you very much one of one of the uh, issues is I mean for 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 myself I mean I had a platoon mate um, you know, a few months ago after I actually returned from my trek that committed suicide. So there's, it's happening on a daily basis. The the numbers right now are 22 veterans a day uh, commit suicide, you know, and and we use this analogy to kind of drive it home to people who can't really imagine that, but picture your your favorite football team, and it's the offense and the defense of that team committing suicide in a day. So it's, it's a lot of people... Um, it's affecting a lot of people, and um, we really need to get these networks together. And, and I understand, like, in the nonprofit world, it's um, hard to get money, it's hard to get funding, but at the same time, we need to come together as veteran service organizations and do what we do best and link up with other groups that are doing things the best and have a, a communication that, um, you know, we, gotta, we have problems to fix. So uh, that that needs to happen to to stop some of these issues. All right, exactly, yep, absolutely. Now, we only have about two minutes left, and Tom, we want to thank you for being on our show today, sir. What would you like thank to you. share with our listeners in closing? Well, one of one of the things that I, I'd like to touch on is um, you know the way that veterans are viewed today, and I and I heard a little bit about your last guest, and and it was it was pretty appalling to hear that you know there's some places that don't want to support. Uh, you know, veterans that are struggling. And, um, you know, one of the things that we need to do is start uh, getting away from and talking about in the media uh, about how veterans are broken, how veterans are dangerous uh, to the communities, and really show and showcase um, what we can really do when we put our mind to it. Yeah, I mean, some veterans are having struggles, and that's normal. It's a normal reaction to an unnormal circumstances. If anyone else in, you know, a civilian or whatever went to war, they would probably have some of the same reaction. So we need to get away from the broken, dangerous veteran and really show the selfless service and support and sacrifice for this country and really uh, praise them for that. Right. I agree. I agree. Jim? Well, I, uh, again, can only say thank you. Uh, it's been a beautiful morning to hear about um, the efforts of, in a private sector effort. And, uh, Tom, I, uh, I just can't uh, thank you again for that that you're doing and that you're bringing the awareness of. Uh, uh, I look forward to supporting you and, uh, Andrew, and I just, again, thank you so much. You're, uh, you're, you're creating an opportunity and you're actually giving life. And what greater privilege uh, here on a battlefield at home can be given by another veteran to a veteran. Thank you very much. Once again, thank you, Tom. Be sure to tune in next week. Our guest is 
actually going to be Major Ed Polito, a show you don't want to miss. And uh, today's show was brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. And yes, you can hear all archived shows right from your phone. And remember, the American Heroes Network Radio spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime anywhere and on any device i'm gary ray along with jim signing off and thanks for listening to the american heroes network radio powered by voice america on the variety channel have a terrific week say goodbye thanks thanks Tom. thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of american heroes network Please join Gary Ray and his co-host Linda Crater again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the back.